0: You to protect, brought to you by KCL or the IBI, and funded by Commission Eman with a television licence fee. Check out ours to protect.ie for more information.
1: This week on Ours to Protect, I'm joined by Mary Donnelly, who is the chair of the Climate Change Advisory Council. Mary, firstly, just to touch on the work of the Climate Change Advisory Council, can you tell us a little bit more about the work that you do there?
0: Yes, indeed. So, the Climate Change Advisory Council is an independent body that advises the government on actions for climate change. We base our recommendations and advice to government on scientific analysis. So we are not a, a lobby group. We are not, uh, uh, you know, uh, an advocacy group and whatever. We, we base uh, any recommendations that we make, we do it on the basis of science, uh, and we follow the scientific uh, guidance in terms of the guidance that we give to, uh, to the government. In, in practical terms, what does it mean? Uh, It means that uh, on on an annual basis, we do what's called the annual review. And that's the report that came out uh, just recently now, a few days ago. And in it, we review where Ireland stands in terms of its own legislative target for 2050. Uh, as you know, we have a target for 2050, uh, we have an interim target for 2030, which is a 51% reduction of emissions. And we also then have given ourselves shorter-term targets in the form of five-year carbon budgets. So we review the progress uh, of Ireland in terms of achieving the legislative requirements, where we're at and what measures can be taken to perhaps perform a little bit more effectively in terms of reducing our emissions.
1: You published your annual report on Tuesday. Where are we?
0: I I think we have to start with acknowledging that in 2022, our emissions did go down by 1.9%, which was at least a positive reduction, although it's very tiny, quite honestly. Uh, And unfortunately, on current projections, instead of achieving a 51% reduction by 2030, We're heading to about a 30% reduction. So, you know, over halfway, which is, you know, positive and people are making a real effort, but we will have to increase the effort, we'll have to increase the policy development, we'll have to speed up the policy implementation, and we'll have to speed up all of the actions around reducing our emissions.
1: Mary, do you see a hesitancy there from the government? I know we have maybe a lot done, a lot more to do, or some done and a lot more to do to meet those targets. But is there a commitment, is there a push here by government to meet these targets? Uh,
0: Well, of course, it's in legislation. So, of course, the government is governed by the legislation just as the rest of us are. Um, I think it's probably fair to say that uh, what they tend to say in terms of in this space is the low hanging fruit has been taken up and built into policy. And we are now slowly moving into somewhat more challenging policy requirements where, for example, we will need additional funding, that's clear, where we will need in this additional investment, and the rollout of that investment will have to happen much faster than has been happening up to now, and of course planning is a, is a key element of that. But it also means that we have to look at uh, what are the new possibilities, new innovations, and adopting those, and you know, speeding up the rate of dissemination of new innovations, And I I think we also have to look at the reality of disincentives for the emission of fossil fuels, particularly in our transport, heating and electricity sectors.
1: On an individual basis, is this too big for individual householders to make a big impact?
0: We're all going to be living on this planet, I hope. uh, And we all want it to be sustainable and comfortable to live in. So yes, we need leadership from the government and we need the policies, we need the implementation of those policies and we need funding and supports to those policies. But in the end of the day, the policies in many respects are implemented at local level. So the actors there are certainly our local county councils, for example, because a lot of the areas would be in their uh, field of competence. But it's also ourselves to take up the opportunities. And if I can give one or two illustrations of that, we do urge the government to further invest in public transport and to make it efficient and to make it accessible to people and to make it financially viable for people to take it. We also urge them to, you know, support uh, alternative possibilities of it might be cycling or walking and to ensure that, you know, paths are safe, particularly around schools, uh, if kids are cycling to school. But then the next stage really falls to us are we going to avail of these alternative mechanisms of transport? And for some, it will be more straightforward, and for others, it will be challenging. But I suppose at an individual level, we could say to ourselves, you know, in a week, is there one day that I could take public transport or walk or cycle that day for that journey rather than taking my car? And, you know, it all adds up. If we all did one a week right now and maybe next year we might get to two a week and then it starts to snowball and we start to get used to the alternative forms of transport and not always rely on just jumping into the car to go down to the shops to get a pint of milk.
1: Any take-home message for listeners this morning or for government indeed?
0: Well for government we need action, we need action now and we need more deeply impactful action than we have had up until now. Part of that though has to be bringing everybody in the country with us. Not just mentally, but also ensuring that those who can afford it, do it, but those who maybe have struggling with financial problems whatever, that they are supported but not left behind in this transition. We have to ensure it's a fair transition, it's one where we can all participate in it and that nobody gets left behind.
1: Mary Donnelly, Chair of the Climate Change Advisory Council, thank you so much for your time this morning.
0: Ours to Protect is funded by Commission noman with a television licence fee and is a partnership between KCLR and the Independent Broadcasters of Ireland. Check out Ours to protect.ie for
1: more information.